everyone, it's Trang here and welcome to my podcast, Tape This, where I interview local artists and learn more about them. Today I have Nick Rude with me and Nick is a man of many hats, so I'm so excited to learn more about him. How are you doing this morning, Nick? Pretty good. Um, just had the last couple days off, so I've just been kind of hanging out, sleeping in a little bit later. Um, nice. So I'm still sleeping in late, like uh, compared to what I would be for work. So I, I feel like pretty energized and, uh-huh. and ready to get this going. Yeah, nice. Um, that's that's really great because I know you do a lot. So having those two days off to really rest is so important. Um, so let's go ahead and um, and get started. And again, thank you so much for coming out on th- onto the show this yeah, morning. Thank you. Can, um, yeah, can you give us an overview of all the many hats that you wear and what you do before we, we dive into the details of it all? Sure, yeah. Um, I have a few different jobs right now. Um, currently, my my main like day job, um, I teach lessons for uh, tuba and euphonium students from like 6th through 12th grade, uh, and that's in a few different um, cities. And then wow. on... Uh, a couple days throughout the week, I work at a church. I uh, serve as the director of worship production over there, so it's pretty much just getting all the right people in the right places and and um, making sure all the equipment works and and all that all that stuff. Um, and then what I'm trying to push is towards like being my main thing is uh, a lot of the freelance work I'm doing now, mm-hmm. which is um, you know working with bands and musicians and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've recently taken to more of the uh, recording side of things. And so, um, yeah, that's that's generally an overview of, uh, of what, I, what I've been able to do in the last uh, year or two. Wow. Okay, so I already, you know, we're like one minute into the interview, two minutes in, and I've already learned something that I didn't know about you. I had no idea that you taught lessons. Oh, yeah, that's, that's my main gig. Wow, okay, I didn't um, realize that. So you really, really do a lot of different things. Um, let's, let's go ahead and dive into, um, your artistry, you know, as a musician. So, um, when was the, you know, when did you start music and what was the, the moment you realized that you wanted to do something in music and art? Um, probably like, I don't know, maybe eighth or ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was in band, uh, we actually went to the same high school. Yeah, same high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of, you know, my introduction into uh, into taking music pretty seriously. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of um, stuff on the radio, and and uh, what I would do in my family, I was like trying to be like the the tech guy. Like I wanted to be like a computer technician when I when I got older and stuff, mm-hmm. um, just cause I was really interested in technology. And oh, so, cool. and so, um, what I would do is I would get my older brother and take his phone and say, Hey, I'm backing up your phone. And really what I'm doing is like stealing all of his music. Cause I want to know what uh. he was listening to. <laughs> and, um, so oh, he kind of wow. developed a lot of my taste getting okay. into, um, like different stuff that was, uh, how I got into like Earl Sweatshirt and Charles Gambino and oh, and, uh, so it's your brother that got you. Into he was that. a tastemaker for me. Oh, yeah, how cool. yeah, definitely. And so that was in like eighth grade, and so I got to uh, I got to kind of see what else was was out there. Like, of course, it was still mainstream, but it was slightly off the mainstream for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the the combination of that um, kind of got me looking at music a different way. Mm. Uh, and as I started going through school. Um, my roommate now, Faz, he he uh, was kind of involved in in 
a few different areas of um, like local music. And so he found this band from Denton called Sad Cops, and he threw uh, a, like a house show in his, in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And when was this? What year was this? This was uh, was it like twenty fifteen or sixteen? Oh wow! Um, and uh, and they were I mean they're pretty big. They they've opened up for some some like some pretty big groups. But mm-hmm. anyways, um, that got me really interested in like seeing a band that was like so good but was on a local level Mm -hmm. and I was like wow there's like a lot of talent out there and Mm -hmm. so I started going to like house shows and and um that was kind of frowned upon for the people that were going because I was like like 16 and they were (laughs) I was gonna ask how old you were when that was going on yeah there was okay there was one show um I me and a couple of my friends drove out to Denton and uh it was at some um house venue that called like a Casa de Monstros or something and you know I DM them for the address and everything and, and I got you know I got no response probably because they were like why is you know why is, why is this why child is this? yeah messaging? exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and um, but we were already in Denton at the time and so I went to like a couple different record stores and I was like hey you know just asking people do you know where this house is and and eventually we found this busker that that knew and and um wow but yeah it was funny because i got in there and there were people like it smells like recess in here and i was like please <laughs> like, um, um, but yeah that, that started to spark you know sort of the ideas of uh like hey this is kind of doable like it's not just like something that you see in a movie or whatever yeah okay wow so you had um kind of experience as a as a teenager with like that kind of the underground music aspect in a sense like with the house shows and all yeah yeah and I of course I wasn't going to a ton it was that that band was sort of my my vehicle into into seeing what that world looked like Mm -hmm. Um, are they still pretty active now well I I've heard that they're releasing music in 2022 Uh uh-huh uh, the lead singer, he um, started his own project uh, called Hubby, I think, whenever he moved out to Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems to have been pretty active going on different tours and, and stuff like that. But but they really make some uh, fantastic music, you know, when they were all in high school. It, mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's amazing when you think about it. Like, I, um, when, you know, we went to the same high school, that's when I learned about uh, music as well because I went to a local show and it was all high school kids and it's you're just like in awe because like you know it's like like you said it's you see it in the movies Mm -hmm. but you never think that people are actually doing that and like touring and like yeah doing things yeah no it's it's pretty really cool so I know you mentioned like your brother had inspired you with um kind of um expanding your view of music and and things like that were there any other um, people or things that um, inspired you or motivated you? Yeah, uh, definitely going into college, um, I pretty immediately got close with uh, EJ Calderon mm. and uh, Louis Moreno. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I, I, I try to take my playing, like, or I'd always taken it, like, pretty seriously. Not in a way that's just, like, I'm, like, stuffed up about it or, you know, like... <laughs> But, um, so you met them through the music aspect, like, yeah, I met them through music school. Yeah. I think, I think that's the technical or whatever the (laughs) fancy word tubist or, um, but yeah, so they had both played tuba, um, Mm. in school and, uh, and I was pretty, pretty green. And I remember seeing Lewis, like just this insane player. And I had seen him a couple other times, like through, um, through high school, but he was always just this figure, like he, 
he was always pretty tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, he's really tall. So I would, I would be this little like, you know, sophomore <laughs> or something, and I saw this this really tall guy in this comic book jacket just like crushing Aww. all these auditions, and I was like, who wow. is this guy? You know, and so. Yeah. Um, to see his like artistry and musicianship was was a, a big inspiration for me to to like just keep pushing as, as hard as I can and mm-hmm. practice as, as much as I can and then mm-hmm. um, you know seeing EJ uh, doing all the different stuff that he was doing um, like in in the audio field and uh, with with bands and stuff was was uh, yeah I, I've always felt like I've had to like try to catch up to where like the people that inspire me are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's definitely driven me, and, and um, okay. sometimes that that gets to a fault because mm-hmm. I always feel like I have to be there. Right, right. You know. That's that's great though because your your inspirations and your motivators are also you know your contemporaries and your friends. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like we're all pushing each other to keep growing. Yeah. How, how what what year was this? I was like like to have a timeline. Oh yeah, um, I guess this was 2018. Like my. Uh, my freshman year of college, whenever okay. I whenever I met those guys. So you graduated twenty eighteen. Uh, I think it was. Wait. I want to say I graduated in seventeen. I think that's right. I got in in thirteen. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, I graduated in you seventeen. Got in thirteen. Huh? Oh wait, I was already graduated. Sorry, I was trying to see if we had lined up. Oh but yeah. No, I think I graduated yeah. the year before you got there. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I think I graduated, yeah, I graduated in 17, and then I, I, I guess I started school that, that next semester, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, 2017, 2018 was, okay. was when I met those guys. That's so cool, that's actually about the same time where, like, I, the Arlington art and music scene started kind of having all these different events and stuff. Oh, really? Like, more, more, more popularized events. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty recently just got involved in, in that whole yeah world so I'm I, I never really knew like the mm-hmm. timeline because I know like these different bands have been playing for a long time like I know DTV's been around for like what 10 years or something oh, crazy wow. well maybe not 10 okay they've been <laughs> like around a like a long yeah. time because um, back when I was still in high school um, they were playing shows and stuff oh because uh, this a few of my friends that I went to high school with are in a band called pajama party mm-hmm. and you know they they were all doing shows in high school and that was how they knew DTB because DTB was at all these shows you know back in 2014 and okay. whatever so yeah they've they've really it's it's really you, been around quite yeah some time. well you've been around like I feel like you um in your age you've been to so many more shows and things than, than me and that's I think that's so cool because it shows how it's developed you know mm-hmm. over the years because I think we have a, what four or five year difference yeah so yeah so that's really cool to see in what ways would you say that music shaped you growing up? Um, I feel like it helped me to, I guess, understand, like, different parts of myself that I was not, like, I mean, you know the whole, like, teenage angst sort, uh-huh. of, sort of deal, you're like, <laughs> Did you go through that? On? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that ever has ever really stopped for me, but you find ways to curb it. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, different, different outlets. Um, but... Yeah, I remember in in high school, I was really into like the Midwest emo music and and all that stuff. That okay. was just like, um, yeah, super like the the vocalists are are uh, like usually don't have a very good singing voice, mm-hmm. and the instrumental parts are are really complex. And I was mm-hmm. like, I yeah, I, I thought that was a 
that that had always um, like resonated with you. Yeah, yeah, because I I had felt like kind of tangled up as a as a teenager. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stuff like that. Um, I definitely kind of had some way of uh, yeah showing me where where I was emotionally. I guess. That's so cool. If, if you don't mind me asking, um, what uh, what was kind of the root of your angst? Would you say now looking back? Um, I would say, hmm, I feel like I, I've always kind of had the, uh, like the middle kid syndrome where I'm like, me too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally, that's okay. I was going to ask like if you were the middle child, cause I know you have two other brothers. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. The angst so it's, that. Like, it's like, I've, in, in my house, I was always the one that was like trying to vie for attention and, and oh, uh, yeah. and so like not that and I ever had to really fight for it. Yeah, and you're it's three brothers, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, it's John. me and then my little brother Johnny, uh-huh. my older brother Jacob and and uh, I was always like very dramatic and so <laughs> and so whenever I got into high school You're a Scorpio, so it makes yeah, sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh I can't I can't be like that and and uh and I just ended up like trying to bottle everything in yeah. and like like I gotta keep to myself. And they were very very yeah. clearly like people that were um trying to be in my corner and stuff and i was like i don't but you were like anywhere. yeah, yeah. yeah very okay. dark and brooding completely <laughs> understand you on that though yeah. luckily i was the only girl so i had at least a little bit of like okay she's the only girl mm-hmm. um but i had two brothers as well so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. so funny <laughs> what was the the age difference between you guys um so my older brother is uh it, it's about a four year four or five year difference between each of us mm. Yeah, yeah, four or five years. So we never, like, saw each other in the same school. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. What was yours? Um, Jacob is, a, I think, a year and a half older than oh, me. okay. And my little brother, I think, is two years younger than me. Oh, so were y'all in high school at the same time? Yeah. Wow. So, um, my brother was a junior when I was a freshman, mm-hmm. and I was, I think, a senior when my little brother was oh. a freshman. So maybe it's three years, I don't mm-hmm. know. I think my little brother is, like, 19... Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's how old. Well, no, my brother's like 22 this year. It, you kind of just forget. Yeah. <laughs> after a while. yeah. I've been with him long enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, yeah. I had no idea about that. And that that's really cool. Um, so what what did you enjoy most about, you know, this kind of finding the, the music aspect in your life? Um, that's a good question. And would you say, um, real quick, would you say, like, because I know you're in band, mm-hmm. like, was that separate? Because um, from, I was in band too, and for me, like, I felt like with marching band, it was very catered to, like, classical mm-hmm. music, of course, but, like, there's the other music side, you know, like, the music that you discovered through mm-hmm. your brother. Yeah. So, how was that kind of navigating through the differences, I guess? Yeah, I, um, I think there's a there's a great marriage between like all types of music one one thing that that lewis told me one time that really resonated with me that uh anytime you're working on any sort of music it's gonna positively affect any other music you're involved in Mm -hmm. so um i feel like sort of developing the craft whether it was like marching band or concert music or you know whatever own music that you're making or working at at the time there are aspects that you can pull from from each of those that will that will positively influence the other mm-hmm. um so being able to like i don't know hear interesting chords in in like some band piece and then you're like oh that would work really well here mm-hmm. um 
I'm sorry. I feel like I lost the plot. No on your worries. Question. No, you're you're good. I think I kind of threw you off because I asked a question and I, I deviated. Um, no, you answered that cur- um, perfectly. Okay, I cool. I wanted to also like kind of on that same vein because um, I I I posted something or no Kirby Welch posted something. I don't know if you're familiar. Oh with yeah. Him. So he posted something about like classical music and how like it's so. Um, in a sense stuffy because like you know you have to be quiet during like classical pieces oh i saw that yeah and i responded i was like i thank you for sharing this because i i do feel like with classical music there's like a certain quote-unquote etiquette or whatever Mm -hmm. but like when you go to like a house show or a a local show like the vibe is to like get live and lit sure yeah so how do you i guess how do you navigate the two different styles because you do you Mm -hmm. teach tuba and and you still do some classical stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like definitely the air with with the like sort of Western classical music is there's a sort of like uh, like not sacredness. There's another. There's a correct way to use mm-hmm. that word, but you know what I'm talking about. I, like it, it feels have. very sacred. Uh-huh. Um, and so having to experience like uh, an uninterrupted body of music. Um, is uh I mean I feel like a really important aspect is just it's hard to really uh maintain that because who's to say when these pieces were being premiered if people weren't like coughing or doing oh. you know whatever mm-hmm. they're they're doing um and uh yeah I, I think like having that time to like breathe and then sit in the moment between between those movements is sort of like a palate cleanser is okay. is all um, well and good, but, uh, I mean, I think in between the movements, like, there, you, you have time to kind of, like, it depends on the piece, uh-huh. but, you know, you have time to, like, squeak your chair around, and, uh-huh. like, uh, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, um, uh, like, I guess venues, what's, what's their, concert halls, uh-huh. will have, like, um, cough drops in, like, the chair, oh, cup holders, and it depends on where you yeah. go, but, um, yeah, it it can be more difficult depending on the place because mm-hmm. like at UTA the chairs are really old and squeaky, mm-hmm. and it's like you have to like it. Sometimes it takes away from your experience, like mm-hmm. having to focus so much on like on not quiet. breathing, <laughs> coughing, or like letting your environment. So I can definitely see um, both sides of like uh-huh. wanting to really like uh, flip out after mm-hmm. a really exciting movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but it may just immediately go into the, into the next one. Okay. And so if, um, I don't know, like if you're trying to get a really good recording of it, it's, it's hard to like place a rule of thumb on something like that. Uh, um, because each, each piece is going to be so wildly different. Gotcha. Um, okay. But, I always like wonder because, um, I, I don't know like certain American etiquette, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like for me, like during during things that I like, I want to clap. Yeah. And so, like, to me, I, I feel like it stifles my, like, excitement. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. If yeah. something, like, really, like, resonates yeah. with you within, yeah, get the little, mm, or something going, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. there have been times where, like, in music or even um, movies, and I know uh, we're definitely going to talk about that here later, but... Like, you just really like something, and you're just, like, you can't contain that excitement. Yeah. Like, no way they just did that. Like, you're so yeah. excited. And, you know, you just want to express it. Um, maybe one day we'll get to that point. Who knows? Well, I'll just we uh, learn to, to be able to 
just channel it into crying so it's silent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's actually been times, I don't know about you, but like there's times where like I've seen or heard beautiful music or art that like actually makes me like gives me chills and oh, I tear totally. up and yeah. I'm like, this is like real. Like yeah. we're like really experiencing what right. the artist is doing. Exactly. So cool. That that's where like that's where the the sort of sacred feeling comes mm, from because you know gotcha. that they had like uh I, I don't know it feels like very very special like you said whenever you feel their their true intention yeah like in in creating the the work um and i mean i felt that at, at uh like concerts before in in a different way mm-hmm. um concerts i say concerts being like uh like shows and you know mm-hmm. um where where something feels like oh wow this is a really special moment yeah. that we're all sharing yeah oh you know and you start cheering <laughs> one teardrop <laughs> um I don't know if we because I kind of took us to a different path but yeah. what what did you enjoy most about your your journey you know your beginnings of the music and finding your love for it um like the the beginnings as I was like going through like high school yeah mm-hmm. um hmm. think about that one um I mean I I want to say the people because the people mm-hmm. has has been the constant throughout my my entire experience mm-hmm. within uh music um yeah I'll probably go with that <laughs> because uh because you know you hear you experience something beautiful and and uh you want to share that with somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I mean, you can look at the greatest piece of art or listen to the greatest piece of music and then keep it completely to yourself. And like, that's, that's great in its own, in its own right. But like, I don't know, I think people want to, to share what they're feeling and yeah. things like that. So having, uh, in whatever, whatever capacity that is having people that, that you can, um, kind of bounce that stuff mm, off of mm-hmm. is uh, is really great yeah you know having that that shared experience yeah I never thought about it like that but you're right you know it's it is something that like everyone's there for that particular reason mm-hmm. that's so cool when did I don't know if you already answered this but when did you decide you wanted to pursue music and you know audio um after high school well um I wasn't really sure what capacity I wanted to be involved in music but I knew that I wanted to do something within music Mm -hmm. um so probably like late high school uh I had some friends that wanted to go and be band directors and I was like really uh I was really into like I was like practicing all the time and um really involved in that that side of of things and I was like well I can I can probably like figure out how I can teach lessons and mm. how I can do whatever and and um my roommate uh at the time now Faz um you know we were we were buddies in high school because he was like best friends with my my older brother Jacob mm. and um and he was making his own music and he was just doing it like in in a van you know he would just go in and, and set up a microphone and he was part of pajama party right uh he actually yeah he was one of the um he was one of the people that started the band and then he ended up leaving, um, to, to go work on his own stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, uh, so yeah. So he was doing stuff in his, you said van? Yeah. And like just crafting it? That's yeah. Cool. And I thought that was like, 
that lined up with a lot of stuff I was listening to, the, the DIY, like Midwest mm -hmm. emo type of stuff. And I was mm -hmm. like, well, like I, I really want to be involved in this capacity too. Cause I didn't want, I, I knew I didn't want to go and be a band director and, <laughs> and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like it just wasn't, it wasn't really in the cards for me. Like I can be as passionate as I want about, mm -hmm. about music, but I would feel very boxed in yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so I knew I wanted to be involved with local bands and, and, uh, so my, my goal coming out of high school was to, to work with like local bands and record really good sounding demos so that they could send their stuff in to, um, to bigger labels mm -hmm. and, and get the recognition that I, that I felt like they deserved. And of course I was very green, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, not knowing what, what would need to go into mm -hmm. that, which is fine. You know, mm -hmm. it's, um, but yeah, that's like the last couple months of school I started applying to colleges and I and then I was like okay let me look up like what music degrees there are mm -hmm. uh, so it felt very like last minute and I was like okay I guess we're doing this you know and, and so I saw Austin gotcha. UT Austin had this digital music technology degree and I was like oh that sounds cool and like going to Austin would be cool and and um so I applied and then they were like yeah we we don't have this degree oh, and, right. <laughs> and I was like oh um and there are other schools that have pretty prestigious, uh, like sound recording technology, um, programs like Texas state was a big one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's one other one I'm blanking on it now, but, but my lesson teacher at the time was like, Oh, they just got this new studio at UTA and whatever. And, and, um, to me there was, I mean, being in high school, there was, there's like the stigma of going to the like main university that's very close to you oh, yeah. or like going to um like the community college mm -hmm. near you because they're like oh you never left your hometown yeah. and blah blah, blah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and i was like oh well i was like yeah this is what i want to do Aww. um and uh well we're glad you stayed yeah yeah me too <laughs> me too nice well thank you for sharing that yeah I want to talk about uh, Smooth Brain Social. Mm -hmm. That's one of the organizations you're a part of. Um, so for those who may not know what, what that is or what y'all do, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so um, it's kind of loose right now, uh, but the way it started, um, I really wanted to work with Faz and um, my, my brother Jacob mm -hmm. uh, back in 20... I think it was 2020. I wanted to throw this really, really big house show. And, um, of course this was right before COVID started. Like mm -hmm. we got all the plans together and, and we were going to have some bands there and, and, uh, that ended up falling through. And mm -hmm. so I ended up moving in with them mm -hmm. in, uh, I think late 2020. And anyways, we were like, yeah, let's start throwing house shows now that people have gotten vaccinated and, and all that stuff. And so, um, it was, it was pretty exciting. And, and our goal was, at the time just to be doing like really big house shows and we mm -hmm. uh one of them we got like a bounce house and um we the next one we had planned uh my brother was gonna get like a mechanical pole um, oh wow yeah yeah <laughs> uh, i mean we wanted to be like yeah y'all really... were wanting to go all out yeah fun. yeah uh but the we got in trouble with the hoa mm. um, <laughs> because uh noise i i think it was like partially noise but also people couldn't park like oh, people okay. couldn't park at their homes because we had like cars down the block you mm. know like over a uh, hundred people so it's probably like 80 cars wow. or whatever and 
in that area and there's not there wasn't a lot of great parking spots that mm-hmm. weren't um, imposing on other people and so mm-hmm. after that we were like okay like we'll have to figure something out mm-hmm. and uh and so we we've done a couple things um with uh with bands where we go out to like different like places that aren't houses and mm-hmm. we've gone to other people's houses and we did like a battle of the bands at black box oh, yeah. and um but yeah we're we're trying to figure out how we can you know do stuff out of the norm mm-hmm. and and let creativity kind of drive what it is we're doing mm-hmm. um but yeah it's, what, what kind of sparked the idea to start that it was it was pretty much just wanting to throw like a really cool house show <laughs> okay. because there's a very like sort of genuine environment where people are going to feel comfortable and you know they can like I don't know like they don't feel like the pressure of uh the venue closing down or okay. uh just a very like for lack of better words it's a very homey environment uh-huh. you know um but then it started evolving into something different once we kind of got going. And, right. And um, it was also, like, a way that we could, like, film dumb skits and do, do I, the creative. Okay, I love that. It's like, so I fun. love that That's, so like, much. the type of marketing <laughs> that I want to be doing. Because oh, okay. generally, like, um, I I don't do well with, with, like, regular... Well, I don't know if there is, like, a regular marketing. Uh-huh. But a lot of stuff that I see, like it just feels like I'm, I'm watching an advertisement, you okay, know, yeah. like, I mean, you're flooded with hundreds of ads on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Now you can't avoid them. And so it's easy for everything to feel disingenuous, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so having something where me and my roommates could just like put our own stupid brand of humor <laughs> on, on some cool event that we're throwing was just like yeah. so perfect because it could just, we could just like, Hey, what if we do this? And then nobody's like, I don't know if maybe it's gonna look bad or whatever mm-hmm. like we were all kind of a, a shared mind with that yeah. so so it's really it was a really special sort of thinking yeah I honestly that was like my favorite thing about um that really like um brought smooth brain social to mind um for me because I was like that is such fun marketing advertisement and I love that it allowed your personality to shine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, you know, I know number one, like we don't know each other too well, but we've worked together. But like in the times that you and I have worked together, it's always been like serious and business. Yeah. And so like just seeing you like being yourself and like being humorous, I, I got to see that that different side of you. Cause I'm the same. Like I feel like I'm pretty funny, but yeah. like, I can't yeah, be I all like the time. Yeah, I like a lot of the stuff that, that uh, you've been like. I see like your dogs pick up the phone or whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah, that's like I love like um, absurd humor. Yes. Um, yeah. And so like a lot of people don't know that about me because I'm always like serious. Yeah. Um, and I know you and I have talked about like being on quote unquote, like yes. always having to be on because we're working mm-hmm. and with you being like an audio engineer working at shows, like you can't like, you know, you can't relax. You have to be yeah. on. Yeah. Cause there's going to be like, you know that you're going to run into problems yeah. so the faster you can like always be paying attention yes. and find the problem before it happens. Yes. Just, like, yeah. So I, that's what I love. Like I love seeing that personality about you and you know, I think, um, the community would love to see more of that type of stuff. Yeah. So I hope to see more from y'all. Um, can you share the event planning or like the organizational aspects of the event? Like in your opinion, would you say they're pretty well planned or is there pretty much a lot of room for spontaneity and 
letting that creativity aspect dictate what y'all do. There's definitely a lot of room for a lot of for spontaneity. Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, there've been some where, where we, you know, we try to plan them pretty, excuse me, like far ahead in mm-hmm. advance. Um, but there's, there's some where if it's just like, this is what you want to do. Like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like the battle of the bands, we did some pretty extensive planning, um, because we knew that there was going to have to be like a really quick turnaround between, um, between groups. So we like built all the stage plots and like did, um, Wow. Like all the different uh, organization stuff that came with that, we had um, you know a, a little bit longer of like a marketing period. Mm-hmm. Um, the application process in and out of uh, meetings with like um, like a sponsor and uh, and with uh, our host because we had to fly him out. Um, mm-hmm. So stuff like that, like that was like sort of full fledged thing. And then we also did. Um, a recording session with, with Jacob and the Ethnics and and uh, mm-hmm. that was very spontaneous because we were like okay we're gonna do this show at like a bike park and um, oh. and so we're just gonna give them the information and then we're gonna like grab our stuff and go and just set up <laughs> in the dirt and uh, one of the generators like um, wasn't powering everything we needed uh. it to power and so we had I mean we had it we had all the stuff that we needed like we had the backup and and whatever but it was just like very uh what do you call that not i mean it, it felt like it was just like i guess all right sorry about that we just had a, a slight technical difficulty um but nick was telling us about kind of the organizational aspect of um or the i guess the the different things that happen with the um, the smooth brain social events. Um, you were talking about the kind of the stream of consciousness. Yeah. So we had kind of just let like uh, an idea flow into an mm-hmm. event. It, like um, we already knew that we had the the skill set to make it happen well, mm-hmm. uh, and we were just kind of like, okay, like it'll just happen, and we'll have all the stuff, and and um, and so. Uh, some stuff is planned pretty extensively and some stuff is, we just kind of let it, let it happen as, yeah. as it's going to. I wanted to ask, um, so it's, it's yourself, Faz, and your brother Jacob, correct? Yeah. It's the three. Um, he's kind of stepped back because he, he works like 12 to 14 hour days. Oh my gosh. And, wow. uh, and so he moved over to, to, uh, second shift. So now he works like 10 30 to like midnight oh, every wow. day and mm-hmm. so he was like yeah i'm not gonna yeah like he's like i can't really help but gotcha. during the summer was when we had started and we were you know all sort of working together and mm-hmm. so now we've uh taken cory um who I, I don't even think i know his last name uh he's a videographer mm-hmm. um he works at the football team and, and that was uh how me faz and, and jacob all got to know him and um and then Declan Williams, he's a he's a friend of mine, um, super creative guy, uh, musically and and artistically. Um, so yeah, me, Faz, um, Corey, and and Declan are now trying to sort of rebrand and figure out what each of us like 
want out of it mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. and how we can how we can best kind of create things that are a little off kilter yeah so now it's um it kind of cha- shifted a little bit mm-hmm. as far as the the group um but it sounds like y'all each have your own kind of skill sets that are unique and and mm-hmm. kind of balance each other out yeah that's really nice what uh what are some things that you've learned in the time that y'all have been you know doing these house shows and and events Mm. well i think i think one thing that really got solidified was um i had an inkling of of this notion but um to kind of uh trust that people are going to show up to your stuff Mm. um so we had we had we would invest like uh you know a little bit of money into into putting the events together and then um Jacob was just like oh we're you know we're probably not going to get very many people at all and I was Mm -hmm. like we'll probably pull like 80 people and then Mm -hmm. and uh and sure enough you know like all these people end up coming through and uh even if we didn't have a ton of marketing it's like people want to go and support you if if like you're completely bought into your stuff yeah um and if you're I mean, if you're genuine about it, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's certain, uh, types of, well, no, I guess that's not true. I'm following some other train of thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, people are really into it. If, if you're upfront and genuine and like trying your best to make, to make it like a great experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess kind of trusting that you're going to be able to figure it out. Like, mm. um, like I told you that one uh, little like show recording thing that we did with Jacob and the Ethics, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, how one of our generators like failed and so it couldn't power my mixer and my computer at the same time because that's what I was going to record off of. Mm. And so, um, so Faz was really good about uh, being able to to just say, "Hey, like we'll we'll be able to make something work." like plug this in here and here and here and and uh we ended up recording off of a couple backup recorders that we had and and um you know instead of using uh the the computer to record and and you know he he was just like he he kind of helped me to understand like it's not going to help if you're like worrying about it just let Mm. it flow into something else Ah. you know we're gonna find a solution it just it's not how you originally thought it was gonna be Mm. but there Mm. there are several different avenues to make one thing happen yes and and that's a general understanding i've gotten out of uh out of audio like in school there's Mm. a million different ways to do one thing Mm -hmm. um and i mean i guess any sort of uh any sort of editing is kind of like that like Mm -hmm. you can achieve one thing hundreds of different ways yeah I really like that you shared that um, because I am also the type of person, or I guess I'm trying to be better, but like I've always been like, it needs to be this way. It yeah. needs to be perfect. It needs to, like, this is how I envisioned it and it needs to mm-hmm. go this way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are so right in saying, you know, that there's so many different ways to do different things. Yeah. Um, and Pat actually made a comment uh, this past week. He was like, like, I, you know, I haven't played music in so long, but he was like, this note is the same as this note, um, but just in different keys and octaves. Yeah. And, you know, that's pretty much everything. Like, there's just so many different routes that you can take to to do what you need to do. It's just all about, you know, being able to, I guess, be resilient and, and go with the flow without freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flexibility is like Flexibility. Huge. Yeah. 
I like that. Um, you had mentioned something about the Lost Tapes. Um, oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure what that was, so can you tell us about that? Um, I'm sure you know as, like a, as a videographer, but um, it, in my experience, it's so easy to take all this great footage, uh -huh. and it's harder to sit down and edit all of oh it. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, <laughs> so we have like... So much stuff from, from shows and that, <laughs> yeah. like that recording session I was telling you about, mm -hmm. you know, we're like, we have all that sitting there and yeah. for, for so many months, um, yep. we were just like, okay, like, let's just set a deadline and we can just sit down and edit it. <laughs> but we're all so busy, yeah. you know, with, with different stuff and, mm -hmm. and, um, work and whatever projects that, that, uh, we're doing on our own. It's just like, um, so that's why we were really excited to have Corey. Cause like, I've mm -hmm. seen the way he he edits and mm -hmm. it's just like he's pretty incredible like how quick he is with stuff nice. um so the goal is to is to kind of get something in motion where we can throw all the footage and uh -huh. be like hey this is what we have and and he's like okay you know, yeah and then yeah um so that was kind of an aspiration excuse me of ours to kind of get all that stuff finally out uh -huh. there that we've been sitting on um kind of working in the dark gotcha no I completely understand. Um, Damien Price, my business partner for Dreamways, we were literally just talking about that. Like, he works full time, I work full time, and we do our own thing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, we don't have time to just sit down and edit. Like, that's yeah. something that I'm, I've been thinking about, like outsourcing a lot more mm -hmm. to. Um, because I can shoot footage all day, but like yeah. the editing, I, there's something about editing that like you need to like dedicate your entire day, yeah. life, everything to because yes. it's very time consuming. Yeah, but like I want to get really good at it so that yeah. I can do it really quickly and I can like, like you said, uh, sort of follow your vision and your idea right. for it. Oh yeah, exactly. Because it can be hard to like Tell trust. Yeah, yeah, because if it's not exactly how you pictured it, then it's like yeah. people aren't going to like it and well, maybe we should just, if you can change this and this uh. and this and... As a as a, a videographer editor person, like <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like that's where I'm like I've in the past I've always been like I'm gonna do it myself because mm -hmm. I understand also like whenever someone hires you to to edit and you're just like oh another small change that you want me to do like yeah. you know it just it kind of adds up <laughs> and there's that time time aspect again. So yeah, I've definitely been in that situation where I was like asked to cut a bunch of footage into like uh -huh. a mini little documentary and and uh so i spent like a long time kind of putting something together and then i, I sent him a cut and he was like yeah man that's not what i'm looking for at yeah. all and i was just like I well if, if you mm, give me like clear clear ideas yeah. or structure, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a good call out like there's there's kind of a almost a lack of or lack of communication we don't really know how to um, talk about the expectations, I guess, of editing. Because yeah. it's just, it's art. You know, it's yeah. so, like, freestyle. Yeah, that stuff can be hard to communicate mm -hmm. if you don't, if you're not familiar with the terminology. I'm yeah. not familiar with the terminology yeah. either. Yeah. Um, Maybe one day we'll figure that out because I, I don't know. <laughs> that's where I like to uh, kind of use, um, like, like a community college and stuff like that to mm -hmm. get that sort of extra like to use it as a resource to take like a video editing course yeah. and something yeah. like that because I the, a lot of the online um like YouTube stuff works great if I have one small problem but if I want to like be, 
learn a dedicated craft, mm-hmm. you know, it can be so much harder and like yes. my screenwriting professor, he, uh, oh, I didn't know you were doing screenwriting. Oh, I just took, I took a class, mm-hmm. um, while I was at UTA cause mm-hmm. I, I had an extra elective thing and oh, I was gotcha. like, Oh, I'd like to, you know, like I got that one little extra thing that was outside gotcha. of, That's of cool. my, um, but he, uh, he wasn't really involved in like he was getting a psychology degree and he was like, I'll move to Texas for a little bit. And he mm-hmm. took a video editing course and now he works like with Magnolia Pictures. Wow. Um, so it was, he was like, yeah, I didn't have like the formal <laughs> experience. I just like learned how to do it. And then mm-hmm. I was in the right place at the right yes. time. And uh-huh. just crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy how life works like that. Um, Dakota Jimenez mm-hmm. from Black Box mm-hmm. said kind of the same thing about his story. And I, I love that because I've known Dakota since high, honestly, middle school. Really? Yeah, we, we went to school together. Um, yeah, and so I've known him for a while, um, but we never really talked much until we started being in the same scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was at the right place, right time with his knowledge, and now he works for an amazing, you know, company and yeah. amazing venue. Um, what, uh, what things, uh, or I guess I should say what events, should we be on the lookout from, um, from Smooth Brain Social? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think right now, uh, it'll probably be more like digital content than anything. Mm. Um, we've talked about like putting a couple different events together, but um, we haven't really narrowed down what exactly it is that, that we want to accomplish. Uh, I'm guessing the next thing you'll probably see is a is another smash tournament because we had one over at high grind uh last month mm-hmm. and it was nice because it was like it's sort of like a no stakes kind of thing like mm-hmm. everybody's just there to kind of hang out and mm-hmm. um it turned out really really well uh so was there music as well we actually just kind of let let was... them like run their uh lo-fi type of beats okay, in gotcha. there so it was more so focused on the smash mm-hmm. like the tournament and everything yeah that's so cool I I was in the gaming scene for like two two seconds, maybe a year. Really? Yeah, and um, I wasn't ever like good in a sense, sure. but I was going to like tournaments. Wow. And trying. Yeah. Um, I actually went to um Evo for Street Fighter. Whoa. Uh-huh. And I played against a Japanese gentleman who like demolished me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really great experience, you know, just kind of uh, being there and seeing just all the different skill sets yeah. of people. Some people are just ridiculously amazing. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the people there just seemed like they were playing a completely different game. Yeah. Um, and, like, Chris Jokel, him, he's talked about him and his uh, roommates, how they spend, like, an hour or two every day dedicated to, like, practicing wow. Smash. So, like, Do the, is it Melee? It's, uh, it's the one for Switch. Oh, okay, the newest one. Yeah, yeah, and so whenever we were going through the, um, like, the finals or grand whatever uh-huh. um, <laughs> yeah. he was like commentating using all these terms oh about like stage goodness. control and, yes. and i was like what what are you talking you know but it's clear Do you know that- the technical terms no. much no. i learned like um so many different things like different um like combos uh yeah. different like moves that people do like it's it's a whole thing yeah it's a whole thing <laughs> yeah i mean you follow you could follow anything down a rabbit hole uh-huh. and like there's always going to be more and more and more mm-hmm. and more to it. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's like chess in a sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about K and D Productions, the other 
kind of organization is what i say organization or a group yeah that or like company company okay yeah is smooth brain social like an official company in a sense um yeah i don't know i don't know if we ever like narrowed it down okay (laughs) well let's talk about candy productions um I know this this answer, but for our audience that doesn't, what does candy stand for, and how did y'all you know end up kind of uniting forces? Yeah, so um, it's myself, uh, Nick Rude, and then um, uh, Kim um, Kim Lopez, and then uh, Darius Ortega, and so that's the K and and the D, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of stemmed in 2020 uh, we were all in a record label management course together Mm. and uh, our professor was I think he was out on tour or something and so uh, we were all kind of figuring stuff out um, as far as like putting out a project on on our own and and, um, Kim and Darius seemed really like adamant on doing more than what we were doing already and so we we started to meet a little bit more and and uh kind of discuss different ways that we could be working together to put on our our own events um and once once covid hit um we had kind of met and we were like hey look we're not gonna be able to get a lot of the experiences um that we not that we need but we're not going to be able to get the same experiences as somebody that was doing what we're doing in 2018. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to like put on shows because uh, a pandemic mm-hmm. is, is happening, and um, we're not able to get into the studio mm-hmm. uh, to record because a pandemic is happening. So, what capacity can we kind of uh, develop our skill set so that by the time um, it becomes safe to do events again? we'll be on the same page as everybody that stood still. Mm. Uh, and so we were able to do a few different shows um, and they were they were all outside. Uh, and we started doing like virtual open mics um, and uh, just trying to find whatever capacity we could to kind of grow as uh, like event planners and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I was uh, pretty fortunate to kind of use that as a vehicle for a lot of understanding of live sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this one show at a, um, it was like at a parking lot of a storage unit behind mm-hmm. Jekyll's and, uh, and that was probably like the first really big one that we did because uh-huh. we had to get like permits from the landlord and, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to like build a stage and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and. Um, and that was the first time I'd worked with uh, Sly Fungi and um, an Odd Tuesday and, mm-hmm. and uh, Frio Trio. Was, I think I'd worked with them once before, but um, but yeah, that was kind of a wake up call for me because I we had like a full setup. I had I had just got like this new mixer um, and I was like recording it on my computer, but we were being powered off of generators, and so we had to figure out all the different situation with power, mm-hmm. and then um, and then halfway through the uh what is it halfway through the show um i had turned off the main speakers between bands and i 
I had realized I forgot to turn them back on, and I was like, why aren't we getting sound from the uh, oh, no. <laughs> from the headliner? And then like we were just like, okay, let's just let's just go and. And then I saw that they were muted and all the way down. And so like they're singing and I just do this like fader ride of shame where I just push it up. And, <laughs> and so, um, you know, you learn uh, the do's and don'ts. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I'm I'm pretty fortunate to to have uh, met them and like work with them. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we're just trying to keep keep building mm-hmm. and um, doing more events in different places and and uh, and kind of develop our own careers um coming out of that yeah yeah and i know y'all were doing some open mics as well Mm -hmm. for um for a while there is that still going on we've kind of put a pause on that Mm -hmm. to uh focus more on like the the events like yeah the bigger events and things yeah gotcha what what would you say is the overall vision for candy production um well i think what our uh, sort of mission statement thing is actually gonna, <laughs> yeah. Let me see. I love that you'll have a, a full mission statement. Yeah, we tried to go through like a whole business plan and yeah. and um, that is really really good. But you know we've we've been in the development developmental stages of that mm-hmm. for for quite some time. But um, Darius has always been really big about. Uh, you know, being professional and, and taking that stuff uh-huh. really, really seriously and having like a backbone to what yes, we're doing yes. so that it can be sustainable and, and we can have like the paperwork and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's just the way his, his mind works and, right. and it's completely different from mine, but I think it, it was, it's been really good for me to get that perspective and, mm, and gotcha. kind of understand that like, well, I have a problem of feeling like everybody thinks the same way I do. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, um, it's uh, dedicated to bringing independent artists and musicians to the spotlight, and um, and so that's your mission statement. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so more recently, what that's been um, was you know through those open mics and and um, we we did a show with uh, this analog beat making group called the Purple Room, and they've since been disbanded, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to find uh, groups that, like, aren't getting as much love um, mm-hmm. within, like, the community. Yeah, uh, helping to uplift them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I guess, I mean that more in terms of, like, a genre sense. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I don't know if I've been looking in the in the right places for, for like, electronic or, or mm-hmm. hip-hop. I know, I know, um, Speak Easy does a lot of uh, hip-hop stuff, and that's just something I'm not as plugged into and that mm. I'd like to be, gotcha. um, bring more light to, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's important. Um, no, I love that you mentioned that actually, because, um, I feel like Arlington, a lot of the local shows right now are kind of focused more so on the, um, ska. <laughs> oh, that, really? Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's more like ska punk, um, right now, at least yeah. from what I'm seeing. Um, uh, kind of like that's that's the type of bands that I've been seeing more so doing lots of different things. Yeah. Um, not as much here, right? Not as much as like the the um, hip hop and R and B. Um, which you know I can definitely plug you in with some people because Miles Kennedy just had his show. Yeah. That yeah, really that good. seemed awesome. Mm-hmm. It was really fun. I've just seen it like flooded with at least in my experience has been like flooded with indie rock. Oh yeah. Like I love okay. indie rock. Yeah. But, um, 
Man, I guess it's starting to fade a little bit. I guess, you know, maybe I'm getting genres mixed up. Indie rock, um, can you, like, name a band that falls into that category? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a, it's pretty general, but I'm thinking, um, like, well, Flat by Nothing is gone, uh, like, Window Seat, mm-hmm. um, Bubby. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. And I guess Sly Fungi kind of falls in that, uh, no, they're, I guess they're kind of punkier, um, but I mean, you... what is GTB punk? Um, yeah, I think it's so. It, yeah, there's they're... like a million subgenres. Yeah, that the you subgenre can, like, like kind of throws me up. Like, because it... you could name. I mean, they're they're pretty mathy. Like, I would say that they're. I can't speak for them, but I would say, in my head, they're like a math rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can you can put like ten different genres yeah. on because. One thing that uh, I heard in an interview with uh, JPEG Mafia, he's a um, pretty big rapper. He was he got he got asked like, "What music do you listen to, and what what music inspires you?" And he was like, "Now that we're in the digital age with with Spotify and all that stuff, like everybody listens to everything. Like you can't feel like you're you're somebody that's that's listening to the most like underground because mm-hmm. if you found it, like thousands of other people did. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, that's true." So everybody's influenced by everything. Yeah. I feel like everything is kind of almost blending together, mm-hmm. which is very cool to see. Um, so for me, like with, when talking about genres, like I, I feel like genres are so hard to, to kind of narrow down these yeah. days, especially like I was talking to Justin King on, on one of our interviews and um, I asked him like, is someone like Frank Ocean, is that considered rapping? Like the singing rap sure, that's yeah. now kind of become more popularized. And I guess it is, you know, and so it's, I think everyone's kind of taking from different places. Yeah. And I think that's that's really cool. Um, what what are the some of the biggest things that you learned through working with um, K and D uh, and working with Kim and Darius? Um, I think one thing that that I've learned or taken from from that is like you're always in a learning, growing process. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so um, that stuff never really ends if you maintain that mindset. Um, mm-hmm. that, that uh, leaving more room for for uh, not mistakes, but like thinking of things as a learning opportunity mm-hmm. rather than like oh, this is ruined or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, Darius <laughs> is always like, you know, we're learning, like we're figuring it out. You know, I love that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then of course, like trying to get that business mindset um, mm-hmm. because we're on like totally different planes with that. Mm. Um, There's also kind of a ga- age gap, right? Because I know Darius is closer to my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he's also a cancer. So me and him have like really good business conversations. Yeah. Um, I know you're what, 23, mm-hmm. right? 23. And then how old is Kim? I think she's like 20, maybe like 26. Okay. So y'all are, I mean, kind of a mix, like right, right Yeah. There. Yeah. Kind of close in age. Cause Darius is what, like 27, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're both turning 28 this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always a learning experience. Um, which is why it's cool to, you know, um, I feel like it's always great to work with people who are older than you or mm-hmm. more experienced than you. Yeah. They could be younger and more experienced, but, um, you know, it kind of makes you realize that there's more to think about and look at. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so for K&D, what event should we be looking out for for y'all? Well, right now we're, we're uh, in the planning process of um, doing a, a community event. Uh 
Kim is kind of leading the charge on this one. Uh, I believe we're doing it at Old School. Um, right now we're trying to recruit some vendors for that. Uh, let me see if I can give you a date on that. Okay. Um, and then once you find, after you find the dates, I want to talk more about the, like your freelance career. Sure. Yeah. Um, Cause there's so much there. I, I didn't realize you did like more than just kind of doing the audio engineering. Uh, maybe I did know that. And I just kind of, cause you do so much. You're <laughs> like me, you do so much. Right now it's looking like May 7th. May 7th. Okay. Yeah. And what, what event is that? It's like a, a community show. So the idea is to um, just bring a bunch of uh, vendors out and have a couple of, uh, a couple of groups so we were looking at um uh sky it's like a jazz uh pianist i think oh, and yeah. they're um a small like jazz group and then mm -hmm. amaria more mm -hmm. uh to to come out and kind of like play and people hang out and just something to do like on a i think that's a saturday okay. um something to do in, in the mid-afternoon just kind of hang out you know mm -hmm. low stakes yeah some pizza that's fun. You're just out here creating events is really what it sounds like. Trying. So on top of the, the two organizations you're a part of, which are this uh, Smooth Brain Social and Candy Productions, um, you know, you have your freelance career. And so that's basically what Nick Rude and Rude Sounds. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk more about that. So you mentioned earlier that you, um, is it private lessons that you teach? Mm -hmm. Private lessons. Um, at various schools and cities, yeah, and then the audio engineering. So, how do you how how is that going? Um, it's it's going good, uh -huh. um, as as good as it can. I think I'm busier than I'd like to be, mm. um, and so I've decided to like just step away from from teaching after this year, okay, because it sort of led to me living a double life. Because mm. I would leave my house or like. I don't know, like 6.40, and I would teach until, like, 5, and then oh, wow. and then I would go and, like, do a show or do whatever, mm -hmm. and I would stay up late, and i have to wake mm -hmm. up at 5.30 mm -hmm. again, and it was just, like, really beating me up. Wow, what, um, what timeline, um, how long was that going on for? So, or is it still going on? <laughs> yeah, uh, so I started teaching in 2019. Wow. Um, okay. and, uh, and so I in the fall was like the toughest for me because um right around when we were planning that that festival at Jekyll's oh, yeah. uh I was I was teaching um in the morning and then I would uh like either go into a meeting for for the church I was working at or I'd go straight to marching band mm -hmm. and that would go until like nine or something and then like we would have a meeting and i was mm. just like i just can't do this you know mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. so i got like like the a, a true like burnout um yeah. in in december and uh, i'm still trying to navigate what that's like but uh but yeah i've kind of realized mm -hmm. teaching is not like a means to an end for me it's something mm -hmm. i enjoy and i i get to you know play on the horn and stuff but mm -hmm. but it's like that's not what I want my life to be, mm. you know, and so it's eating up so much of my time gotcha. when it could be spent in, in ways yeah. that I want to uh, develop a different craft, which which is audio engineering. Yeah, that's great to realize that sooner than later. Um, but yeah, no, I, I totally understand that because you're you're kind of like 
well, this is part of what I do. You know, I have this skill set. So let, yeah. me, let me go ahead and just kind of see what this is about. And then it becomes like, you know, like you said, taking up a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. So it's good to kind of back off on things and saying no to things. Yeah. You know, it's okay to say no yeah. because your time is limited. Um, what, uh, what kind of services all do you provide? Um, well, for, uh, for like the audio video stuff, um, I have, I have a few different, different cameras. And so I offer, um, like recording in whatever facet that may be, whether it's like a full scale, um, video oh, audio recording. Camera, right? mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I like that a lot. The, mm -hmm. the lens is like super tight so you have to get really creative with the shots because there's no zoom or anything oh, on it gotcha. um so i've been kind of navigating what what that's uh what that's like but yeah if it's like a full-scale recording um then you know i'm totally game for that stuff um and like all the editing and, and stuff like that um, unless that's outsourced uh but um live shows are kind of my my uh what do you call that? I guess like my forte, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I have, I've, thanks to like all the stimulus money and stuff like mm -hmm. that, I've, I've amassed a, a pretty large amount of, of equipment. Nice, nice. Um, top subs, monitors, mics, stands, cables, all that, mm -hmm. all that jazz. Uh, and what I've been getting back into more recently is, is, uh, recording and mixing. So, um, this past month, uh, me and, one of my friends, Justin Scheller, we uh, recorded an album for Sly Fungi, mm -hmm. and so we've, um, that was, I guess, super consuming thing, because they have all this music that they've been playing for a long, long time, mm -hmm. and so we we recorded 12 songs, and we're, we're uh, we took a lot of footage, and um, we've been mixing that right now, and so um, that's another avenue, because I, I have, like, a lot of equipment to be doing that too and, and a lot of uh you know plugins and stuff like that mm -hmm. to, to kind of let that creativity mm -hmm. flow not that you need that stuff to make to make good products but but yeah that's another thing i've been i've been uh, sort of revisiting um but yeah that's a uh, that's generally it if you have something related to to music mm -hmm. i do less like writing and performing so i'm not mm -hmm. any sort of like studio musician um unless you need like a tuba part or something <laughs> uh, and so um just to just to kind of uh be clear um you are not going to be teaching lessons like if someone were to come up to you and be like hey nick can you teach me how to play the tuba yeah i mean you're, you're just gonna be like you know what uh, or do you think that's something that you'll kind of bring back once you get a better balance of everything um i don't want to be doing it at schools anymore at schools okay um uh, just because I have to follow like a, oh. I have to follow a schedule and, um, you know, I have to get paid a certain amount mm -hmm. and, and stuff like gotcha. that. But if it was somebody I know, you know, I'd be more than willing because okay. I, that stuff is, is fun. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you know, you have however many students and you're like telling them the same things over oh, and over again and they're not working to like they're not practicing fix their, yeah i was that student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's been there, but you know, you do that like, like, uh, 10, 12 times a day, yeah. and that's your whole day. It's yeah. just like, okay, come on. Yeah. Um, I can see where that, that can be a little draining, in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you kind of share um, 
I just thought of this question because I thought this would be very helpful for the community. Can you share kind of all it entails for you to do your job? Like what, um, like I know you have all your equipment. So number one, mm -hmm. you're having to lug all that stuff, oh, set yeah. that up. You're having to be there, what, like an hour earlier oh, or something uh, like that more? Probably three is comfortable for me. Okay. So can you kind of share us that routine so that people can appreciate what all you do and other audio engineers do? Sure. Yeah. Um, so if I'm doing like a full scale show, how I want it. Um, first thing I'm going to do, say the show starts at, at, uh, I don't know, 8 PM. Um, it'll probably be for when I start moving all my equipment out of my living room into my, into my van. And so what I do is I make sure my van's completely cleaned out. I've taken the back row seats out so that I can fit everything. Um, and so I start with, uh, both the subwoofers, uh, and I've tried to get everything to have wheels because it's mostly just me that loads everything and I, mm. I don't want to sacrifice my back for mm. <laughs> for a hundred bucks or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and so I'll put the subs in my trunk and I have to put them a certain way so that the trunk uh, will close and then I put my two main speakers on top of that um, and then I have a pretty large trunk of uh, XLR cable um, that I bring out next and then uh, uh, power strips, um, extension cables, uh, like DC plugs, all that stuff, um, goes in a separate trunk. And then I have, uh, my mics, um, and just depending on, I usually just bring everything because you never know what they're going to need. Uh, because I've been in so many situations where I'm not given any notice and the artist comes out and they're like, I have three backup singers and I have a horn section. And so, um, you usually need to set up way more than what you're being told because mm. it's not just like a spontaneous thing. Mm. Like in order for people to, to, uh, like enjoy what you're doing as if they're an artist, mm. um, they'll appreciate your services if you respond to their spontaneity, if mm. that makes sense. I got you. So like, if they're like, hey, uh, can we do this? And it's last second, like, I'm always going to have another another couple of mics set up for you. Okay. Um, and and, uh, and Dakota's kind of different because he did he did a lot of work at Texas Live. And, mm -hmm. and he was like, you know, if you don't give me notice, mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I have my job and mm -hmm. whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, I'm a kind of a people pleaser in that way. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I get all the mics and all that stuff and usually it just barely fits in my car mm -hmm. um like I, I i can't see out of the out of the rear view oh, mirror gosh. <laughs> uh, I, I, I get really good at tetris uh-huh um and so i get there probably three hours early um and i set up all my stuff which takes a little over an hour and then you know getting all the cables in the right place and and um start playing like test music to make sure all the speakers are working how I want them to. And then I'll do a sort of like feedback, uh, reduction procedure where I'll, I'll go up to all the different speakers and I'll, I'll induce feedback so I can figure out what frequencies are, um, giving that feedback and, and I'll pull those out so that, you know, the performer can do what they want to do and like run in front of the speaker and do whatever. Oh. Uh, I usually try to coach vocalists so that, um, they're not creating those problems for themselves because mm. once the musicians get on stage, it gets really loud. And mm -hmm. so anything I do is going to get amplified, um, mm -hmm. whenever they're, whenever they're out there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I usually, you know, have 
try to get all the mics um, turned on on stage mm-hmm. and uh, to make sure that they can the performers can just like not be sending any any signal through and it's not going to feed back mm-hmm. um, and so the more the smaller the place and the more mics you have on stage and the more monitors like it the the more variables you have it increases the risk significantly mm-hmm. of of something not not going right yeah um, and I, I can understand as a performer like it's like oh you just plug it in <laughs> but there's there's a lot uh, that goes into it to make yeah. it work well uh-huh. um, but yeah after that I mean you know if you don't have somebody you strike it all yourself and then you you load it and, and uh, what I would usually do um, it would be really late and I would know I'd have something in the morning and and uh, I would start thinking about all the sleep that I'm losing, and so I would like use that and like channel it into trying to strike as quickly as possible. Okay. Um, there's been times where where I've uh, had to like lug all the stuff back into my house at 2 a.m. in the snow. <laughs> and, uh, oh my gosh! And that's where the wheels really come in handy because yeah. I can drag them without having to like pick up this like 50 pounds so yeah. or whatever. Um, so my roommates have been really really nice about just letting me dump it in the living, in the living room, room yeah because yes. <laughs> they were like oh just take it into the garage but it's just like it, yeah it's a lot yeah oh my goodness and so three hours before mm-hmm. and then you got what like four hour shows typically um four or five mm-hmm. hours and then an hour two to yeah oh my gosh so wait i'm trying to count so three plus five eight ten hours yeah um, okay. And you, and you know, you gotta be on the whole time, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, can't be drinking, talking to people, you just yeah. gotta be there. Right. Um, yeah, the, usually the, the talking that I do is like, trying to make the performers feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, um, making sure they have what they need, and then if there's an issue, I, I always, um, go up to the performer and like, apologize and make sure I know what the problem was, mm-hmm. so that... If there's something they can do differently, you know, they know, but, but most of the time it's like, Hey, here's what, here's what I can change in the future. Like, I'm, I'm sorry this happened, but. Mm. That's really great communication. I know, um, sound people get bad reps. Like mm-hmm. I see all the memes, <laughs> um, but that's, I think that's great. And I think that's what definitely makes you stand out because you are very accommodating and, you know, mindful, mm-hmm. um, because it's, it's all about, I guess it's the passion that you have, you know, to create that, the art and the music. Um, I sure do hope you're getting paid enough. It's um, been getting better. It's I mean, been getting better. Good. <laughs> like this, this past year, um, I've like set a rate for myself. And of course that, that's different depending on the, on the project. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've had a few shows where I'm just like, okay, here's my rate. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, like 50 an hour. And mm-hmm. then they're like, okay, great. And I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so it's, it's been cool to like, walk away from a show with like four mm-hmm. or five hundred bucks yep um yeah and which totally i appreciate different. you working for aldila i hope that was a pretty good oh that was decent. awesome yeah yeah that was the first time like like that that kind of helped me to feel secure in in um saying like hey i want to get i want to get paid well for this and you were like oh. yeah whatever whatever you need and i was like yeah. oh okay honestly i thank you for for saying that because that was kind of the that was also the intention mm-hmm. because I wanted people to realize like you can get paid your yeah. worth and your value. Like we shouldn't be haggling our local artists and local, um, you know, business owners. Yeah. Um, but that's another topic. I know you and I have talked about that yeah. a couple times, but yeah. that's another conversation we'll have. Um, 
thank you for sharing your routine with us. Like, um, I, I think that actually really inspired me as you were talking. I was like, I want to do some sort of like docu-series. Mm. Um, cause I think like me maybe like, um, shooting what you do, setting mm-hmm. things up and like having you actually talk about that and having that like up posted somewhere. Cause like you said, you know, people think it's just plug in. Like I'm a lay person when it comes to like music and things yeah. like that. Like, I have no idea, like, what all it actually takes. Like, to me, I'm just like, just plug it in. Mm-hmm. Just just turn the dial. <laughs> right, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, that is all you're doing, but there's, like... There's technical stuff that you have to account for. Yeah. yeah understandable. There's, a, there's also, like, a lot of effects that um, you need to put on for, like, vocalists and horn players and stuff like that to make it, like, not sound terrible. Yeah. Like, not that the... Not speaking right. to the quality of the performers by yeah. any means, but but you want to make them sound their best. Yeah, 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 and and it's cool once once you get comfortable enough to to be able to musically contribute to what mm-hmm. they're doing, and that yeah. that's where it's like the passion really sparks mm-hmm. because um, I like working with a lot of the local musicians because I know their music, mm-hmm. you know, and um, one of the first times I really felt super like great about what I was doing, I was I was working with Cherry Mantis and and. Um, and I knew it was at Jekyll's, I think, and and uh, and Jekyll's is a pretty tough venue because like the speaker is pointed right at a glass door, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's not a huge space, mm-hmm. and, um, and there's like the three monitors on stage. Oh does yeah, that bounce a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you have to be really careful about what you're doing and like ride the faders a lot more. Mm-hmm. You can't just walk away from it because it's gonna blow up, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, and I've seen you set up like a twelve piece group at yeah. Jekyll's before. I was yeah. like, how is, everyone was like, Pat was like, how is Nick doing this? He's yeah. like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> but stuff like that is, is really cool because like, I remember, uh, knowing exactly where the vocal harmonies were going to lay. So oh. I could just like shoot right up and like add whatever oh. effect. And like, uh, it's fun working with like, um, Chef D, I think the last show I did with uh-huh. him, like I knew his music well enough yeah. when to throw on like a slapback oh. delay. And like, you can kind of set like the tempos for those uh-huh. so it fits really musically it feels like you're you're kind of producing their yeah. music how they want it to sound oh my um, gosh i freaking love hearing that um i i took a course um i took a class um tv productions and we we're doing like live tv editing mm-hmm. and so oh my gosh i want to share a story real quick yeah so i we we had our final project and it was like to um you know direct our partners um like a TV production that they set up and they would direct, direct ours. And um, no, wait, this was for just one of our assignments where we had to like cut certain things, mm. um, like live cutting. And um, I remember like trying to read the script while also looking at the screen. And at one point, like I, this was my, one of my moments where I was like, this is what I want to do. Like yeah. it gave me an adrenaline rush. Like yes. I, oh I couldn't gosh. do both. So I literally threw the script. Um, my teacher was sitting right there. I was like, I threw the script and I just started like looking at the screens and I, I would like go off of what I was seeing. Yeah. And I was like, this is the moment, mm-hmm. you know, and that sounds like what you do. It's a like, huge rush. Yeah. 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 When, it's like, when I'm you know doing you're this. getting it right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Let's take a quick break if you don't mind, Nick. Sure. Um, and then we're going to come back and talk um, more about your goals with, with your freelancing. Cool. All right, y'all. So we are back here again with Nick Rude, uh, talking about his freelancing career. Uh, what are your goals with your freelancing? What, like, what, where do you see yourself in the future? It's moved around a little bit uh, recently. 
So um, probably the last like big goal I had uh, was to be working with artists um, that are like touring and and uh, working at venues that um, I guess are like the next step up, you know. Uh, and so I'd plan like um, a show over at at uh, Deep Hollow Mark Company, um, and that ended up like getting scrapped for for uh, different reasons. But mm-hmm. but um, I remember the owner over there was like, "Oh yeah, you can you can come engineer at like some of our other shows." And and uh, you know Darius works at House of Blues, mm-hmm. and, and he's gotten plugged into the production over there. And and um, him and another person were like some people that I wanted to reach out to that are sort of plugged into the gigging circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so my goal was to kind of, um, you know, work with artists that I, that I listen to, um, sort of in that, in that capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, now I'm not, I'm not so sure. Cause I had such a great time, um, like recording and working with Sly Fungi, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, I really buy into, to so much of their music cause we have like the exact same taste, okay. um, in terms of like, uh, music and, and like work life balance. I mean, I think they're like way ahead of where I'm at in that mm-hmm. capacity because they, uh, they really understand that, um, right now it's not completely viable for most people to just dive fully in and you're going to be creating your best art mm-hmm. when you are not having to worry so much about, um, how you're going to put food on the table and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, so like giving everything you can, it, like as much as you can give reasonably. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of thinking like, I just want to follow whatever they're, they're doing. Cause I, they feel a little bit more like, like my tribe of people, yeah. you know? Um, but we'll see. It's going to keep changing. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, going on tour this summer with, um, oh. with a drum corps. I'm doing their audio oh. engineering. How cool. Congratulations. Thanks. That's uh, a really great opportunity. Yeah. And I'll, I'll kind of see if, that's really what I want to be doing because it'll be like 14 hours a day for like the whole summer of just doing that. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, I love working with, with marching bands and stuff, but, um, yeah, that's going to be a lot, but it'll be, it'll be good. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see your, your growth and, and journey as a, as a freelancer. Thank you. Yeah. What, what would you say is the most valuable thing that you've learned about yourself in, in this journey? Um, learned that I like to work, mm-hmm. um, that I've been trying to figure out like my values a little bit more, uh, kind of as a person. And, and, um, I think ultimately like I value comfort a lot, whether it's, it's like me being comfortable or like everybody I work with being comfortable. Um, and I think that's why I get along with a lot of the artists super well, because like I mean, my goal is to make them feel comfortable on stage and, and then the audience is going to have the great experience mm-hmm. after that. Um, but more recently, like after that burnout in December, I was like, mm-hmm. how about like I be comfortable? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so that was kind of when I, I took a lot more time off and like started playing mm-hmm. video games and, yes. and, um, so I've been really into, I was into biking for, for mm-hmm. quite, quite a bit of time. And that was really good because I could kind of get like energy out and feel like I was doing something, Mm -hmm. um, while like being a hobbyist, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and more recently I've just been playing a lot of smash because uh, that's my, (laughs) my roommates like are really good. You Uh know, they used to 
determine who would do dishes that week by How playing a game of Smash. And so, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they all got really good. That's really cool. Um, yeah, actually, let's talk more about you know the the things that you've been doing to kind of decompress and and everything. Um, so aside from everything you got going on, what what are your main interests or and hobbies right now? Um. Hmm. I know you had mentioned like watching movies, different movies, music, yeah. and biking. Yeah, um, watching movies is definitely a big, a big hobby of mine. Um, I, I'm honestly, I'm really into things that that I don't quite understand. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they're when I can tell, like somebody's kind of put everything into what what they've done, like mm-hmm. um, artistically. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this blows my mind. Like I have to kind of figure out what all this means so yeah so stuff like um uh what's, it, what's that uh have you seen like the holy mountain uh-uh it's it's like this uh it's like an experimental um film it was one of the first that i that i saw where like i everything is so like everything absurd uh-huh. but it, it makes it makes sense if you if there's some narrative that you understand outside of it oh, um okay and uh, Mother was kind of the same way. Oh There's one with yes. with Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence. I love that movie. Um, because it, you're like, what is going on? Like it, mm-hmm. that was the most like uh, anxiety inducing, like in yes. a good way, you know. Um, yes. But I've, the biggest roller coaster I've been on with a movie. Mm-hmm. And then once it's over, and I was like, what? And then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is the narrative that mm-hmm. that. Uh, so it's cool. Um, There's one movie that I that I feel like has moved me more than any piece of media. It's called uh, Sleep Has Her House. Mm-hmm. And um, I found it, like, looking on, on this one app, uh, Letterbox, because it had, like, all five-star reviews, and I couldn't find, like, anywhere to stream it. So I just ended up... I bought it, because you can buy, like, a digital copy on, mm-hmm. on his website. And it's like this... Uh, like, this ambient horror movie Ooh. that like got was shot on an iphone 4 oh and uh it's gorgeous um mm. there's no there's no people uh it's just like nature and animals but it is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah uh i definitely like I'll encourage you to, to check out yeah, the trailer i'll, I'll um, have to check that out i love different things I, I i was watching it with one of my friends and and um the I got like a PDF after I bought it. It was mm-hmm. like, make sure you watch this in, uh, like a completely silent environment with with a good mm-hmm. um, audio system, like in the dark, um, ideally by yourself, but mm-hmm. maybe with one or two other people that are not going to be distracting. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, me and my friend, had done this movie marathon where we were trying to mm-hmm. go twenty four hours, like just oh watching <laughs> movies. And so it was about midnight. I think we had started at like seven a.m. And, and so we were like, our minds were kind of drained and it was like pitch black, you know, the house was completely quiet. And so, um, there's a couple shots that like, uh, my friend was just like, turn off the movie. Like I oh hear voices or whatever. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, it's, it was, it's really something else. Yeah. You'll have to send me that. And I yeah. have some recommendations for you if you like stuff yes. like that. So oh, yeah. we'll definitely share. Um, and then for, for music, you know, um, what kind of music really helps kind of just chill you out? Mm. You know, I've, I've developed a lot more of an appreciation for the, uh, like the lo-fi girl. Mm. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> that stuff is great. Um, yeah. But there's, there's a couple of, uh, 
I, I really like Beach House if I'm trying to chill out. So there's an album, uh, Depression Cherry, that I listen to quite a bit that's like really fuzzy and sort of dream pop okay. um, sort of thing. Uh, I haven't listened to it in a while, but the Minecraft soundtrack is is really great. <laughs> um, Men I Trust is another one. Uh, they're like, um, I don't know, kind of like lounge jazz. If anybody that's listening that's like a jazz musician is probably going to disagree, but I'm not plugged into the jazz world, you know? Uh. But it's very like, uh, I don't know, kind of bouncy, um, chill jazz. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, Lewis Cole is really good. Um, let me see if I, if I got one more in there. Uh, Dijon. Love Dijon. Um, oh, yeah, you had gone with that. Or not gone with, but like you, you went and Garrett was there. What, yeah. Bonnie Bear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even really listen to Bonnie Bear. I mean, like, I of course I did, like, during that concert. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, Dijon is this great... Uh, I think he's like R&B, um, mm-hmm. but he's like sort of experimenting with really I don't know he's got like a really out there style um definitely worth a listen he's he's fantastic okay I'll have to check him out because I, I was hearing good things because um the, the board meeting that we had um Garrett was talking about it. I was like I should probably check this person out um let's see oh I wanted to ask you this so because you're so engulfed in like the music and everything what are your thoughts on silence like do you enjoy silence or do you like to always have something going on in the background um I do like to have something going on in the background but like I like if I'm working or like cleaning or whatever like I like to have something on but I feel like in in most media like silence is really important Mm -hmm. to to cleanse your palate Mm -hmm. um and that's where the the point of contention comes with like what we were talking about earlier the the movements mm-hmm. uh, you know having trying to get silence between movements so that you can like take a second and pause and just like be where you are and and let everything else go mm-hmm. and then like mm-hmm. um, you get hit with some other new idea mm-hmm. uh, and so I've I've been trying to value more of that in in my own life not not just like noise silence yeah. but but like like yeah like taking those breaks where I can yeah kind of cleanse cleanse my mind like let my let my mind breathe a little bit yes yes um so I mean it's definitely like there's no like music doesn't mean anything without like silence is such an important part yeah of uh I mean everything of life yeah honestly yeah so when you're biking because I know that's that's one of the things that really helps you decompress Mm -hmm. are you listening to music or are you kind of just biking with nature um I've I've done both um put on some like Frank Ocean and but usually (laughs) I I worry that I'm going to be distracted like uh Mm -hmm. because there's going to be people that are like going to pass you and Mm -hmm. whatever um if I'm going on like just a trail like a, a smooth trail ride like I'll put something on um, but if I'm going on like, like dirt trails and ramps and mm-hmm. stuff, like I usually need to be totally plugged in to what's, what's mm-hmm. going on. Cause I, I often try to do more than what I'm physically able to do. <laughs> um, so I, I've, uh, stumbled here and there. Like, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I need to be like, that's what I like about biking is like you're, when you're doing something that's like, uh, really, um, not dangerous. I mean, it is dangerous, but like, 
that like, like takes this. all of your attention like mm. you have to be there or else you're gonna get hurt mm-hmm. you know um and i like swimming a lot too because mm. you can't listen to anything when you're swimming oh. um like yeah you just have to like all you're listening to is like the the noise of the like the water yeah. or whatever yeah um so that's like a great palate cleanser because it uh-huh. forces you to just be in the be moment there yeah basically yeah, yeah, yeah be in the moment yeah I love that and I I really like that you know you've been taking a lot more time to yourself and um having those moments of break away from the constant noise I guess yeah. because it sounds like you're either always talking or always listening mm-hmm. you know with private lessons and stuff yeah um so I'm I'm honestly very proud of you because I know that we had discussed a little bit um, in December because I think I was going through a burnout too. Yeah. And we both kind of were just like, I'm going to do me and yeah. say no and set boundaries. Yeah. And not people, please. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for you. Um, How, like, how do you balance everything? Like, um, I guess is that what you do is like you, um, you have those little moments for yourself in order to kind of reset? Yeah. So um, what I've been doing more recently I guess this past like semester I've tried to take a day off during the week Mm. because I never really know what my weekends are going to look like um because some somebody might need me on the Saturday Mm. and I'm needed on Sunday of course for for church stuff Mm. but um yeah due to some like scheduling issue with one of the schools I work at I don't have to teach on Tuesdays for the rest of the the year so um now I have like an extra couple days off that I can just use to like do nothing Mm -hmm. uh, which is is great yeah Yeah. Um, because I if if I'm offered the opportunity like most times I'm I'm gonna take it right (laughs) uh, because that stuff is like really glorified uh, in in like the industry I'm at currently Mm -hmm. is like just say yes and you'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and so you know I get all these great experiences but Mm -hmm. it it can be at the cost of of, uh, mental health yeah, yeah yeah Uh, and so I've just kind of realized I want to do a lot of different things and, and, um, what, what I'm going to start trying is, uh, is understanding that I don't have to give up any of those things. Mm. I'm just going to be doing them in a longer, Mm. uh, span of time, Mm -hmm. um, and going through like band programs and like, um, drum corps and, and, uh, I mean, working in audio, like there's always an inherent sense of urgency mm-hmm. and you're you're yeah. expected to develop a sense of urgency yeah. and mm-hmm. when everything in your life is is incredibly urgent like you're going to translate that to everything you do right and so if i if i'm like i want to do something like when we were recording that album a lot of the groups that um we'd all like looked up to uh slint is a big one they were they were a group from the 90s and they um recorded an album uh in a weekend and then they mixed it in the other weekend. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, yeah, you know, we gotta, we gotta just like bang this out. And like, but you know, like I just crumbled because I was like trying to get everything done before I leave for tour, mm-hmm. like trying to get the whole album mixed before, mm-hmm. before I leave for tour. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is not going to work for me, yeah. you know? Um, so just understanding that not everything has to happen at once. Not everything's an emergency. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. Like, not everything needs to happen. Like, just because you get a message doesn't mean you need to respond to it ASAP. Yeah. I understand that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I sure appreciate you, you know, coming out to, to talk to us, and, and I really enjoyed learning more about you. Um, before we close out, there's a couple more things I want to ask. 
Uh, what words of advice do you uh, would you do you want to give to your younger self? Ooh, that's good. Um, I should have thought about that one before. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, you're not gonna be doing your best work if um, you don't have any time to uh, to yourself. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, I think I told you I like just had a burnout like a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and it's because I was like trying to do all these things on like three hours of sleep one night four hours Mm -hmm. of sleep the other night it's like it's one thing to be really driven and to do all those all those Mm -hmm. things but um you have to operate at your best self Mm -hmm. and your best self is like the bare minimum of of getting enough sleep to be a conscious human being and know where you are and Mm -hmm. like what you're doing um so Yeah. yeah yeah taking like more than one hour every week to yourself yes yes so important where can we find you on social media you got a lot of social medias <laughs> yeah um so my instagram is a uh, dorkin it's it's nick rude backwards so d-o-o-r-k-c-i-n mm-hmm. and i have the different organizations uh in my bio mm-hmm. so that that would be probably the main point of mm-hmm. of uh that's the the tree trunk and then you'll find the bridges mm-hmm, there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and then you have nick root sounds or root sounds yeah like so that one i haven't been very active on because i've just mostly been operating off of my personal mm-hmm. um but uh yeah i have that in there as well it's uh, uh root underscore sound so if you need to reach me about anything um or if you're curious, uh, you can check out my website. It's uh, rudesound.com, R-O-O-D-S-O-U-N-D, or nicholasrude.com. Hmm. Both of those are going to be the same thing, and I have my um, email, nick, at rudesound. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying to keep all that stuff updated as to what I'm doing, so, um, yeah. Nice, nice. And aside from the projects that you've already mentioned, is there any are there any upcoming shows you're working at or working on, um, or projects that you're working on that we should be aware of? Hmm. Um, I mean, there's usually a show every Friday at Caves, mm-hmm. so K and D has been doing all the sound oh. and stuff for that. So those those are pretty fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, stay tuned for that that Sly Funga album because that's gonna be that's gonna be big. Nice. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, any what year are we thinking? Like this mm. year? Well, originally we were gonna try to get it mastered by the, by you know, the summer, but I'm probably going to be, it's probably going to be done hopefully by August and then we'll send it out to get, to get mastered and everything. Um, so it'll probably be like end of the year release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even with things like that too, I realized that like, I'm, I'm so bad about like immediate like yes. satisfaction or whatever yeah so yeah it's like you know you don't need or instant gratification i guess is the word that's like, a good point like waiting is okay like it doesn't yeah need, you know and you yeah. get your best work when you take your time that's that's really true <laughs> yeah yeah and so um yeah thank you so much nick for for being on the show today it's it's been such a huge pleasure i really do appreciate you and uh, you know i hope our listeners get to learn got to learn a lot more about you yeah no thank you for having me this has been a lot of fun course yeah i had fun yeah so everyone out there please go follow nick and his work on social media um follow his instagram and you can find his other pages and definitely book him you know for any services that you need 
and be sure to like, rate, and subscribe to tape this on all um, platforms that you listen to podcasts. And stay tuned for the next episode, y'all. We'll have uh, Larry Liddale in May. So super excited for that. And as always, stay safe and spread love and light anywhere you can. Bye. Bye.